0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. After a grueling three weeks, BYU wraps up training camp today in Provo. We're going to go through position group by position group and talk about either the stock being up, down, or neutral coming out of training camp. In my eyes, as you look ahead to BYU beginning of the season just over a week away against Sam Houston State. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everyday with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. A lot to cover ahead on today's show, but a quick reminder by way of introduction that we are your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. And a big thank you to all of you for your support of the podcast, as always. Hope you're having a fantastic Tuesday whenever you listen and or watch. This whether you download it regular podcast uh, format or if you watch it on YouTube, all the same, please continue to subscribe, rate, review, like this show, enable notifications. Just do all the stuff that helps us build this audience. You guys have been absolutely phenomenal this month. Football season is here; I can see it in our download and view numbers, and uh, just. Frankly, one more time, thank you for all of your uh, support of the podcast. All right, let's dive right in on today's show, and it's the end of BYU training camp. They'll have their final practice officially a training camp later this evening, speaking of Tuesday evening, and then they will officially break camp, and they'll take the day off tomorrow on Wednesday to have a team activity, and then Thursday It becomes game week. BYU will spend just over a week getting ready for their season opener against Sam Houston State. At that point, they will delineate okay, here is the travel squad. Essentially, that is the three deep, or uh, two deep, plus some extras, obviously position group-wise, and then you'll also have your scout team delineated as well. And then you begin to practice in those formats. Obviously, the vast majority of the reps beginning Thursday go to the first stringers. The second stringers get some of the reps, and then after that, it's just kind of on a case-by-case basis, it feels like, if you get anybody else any reps. The other thing is the practice squads take on a more important role at this point, as they will be obviously trying to engineer and look like Sam Houston State will look when BYU takes on the Bearcats a week from Saturday, 11 days away from today. and looking forward to that, by the way. Crazy to think it's that close, but we've been waiting all summer for it. So what I wanted to do on today's show is to talk about, as uh, training camp wraps up here for BYU football, I want to talk about uh, my thoughts on each position group and whether I think the stock is up on that group, down, or if I'm neutral. On them. Let's start off with the quarterback position because it's the headliner for BYU. QB1 in Provo will always be the BMOC, the big man on campus. Uh, and with BYU's quarterback situation right now, the biggest thing I think is the stock is up because what I continue to hear about Keaton Slovis as well as the other BYU quarterbacks, is that all of them have shown very, very well in training camp. I continue to hear rave reviews from people both on the record and people I'm talking to inside and around the program about Keaton's leadership qualities. He is a guy who has just ingratiated himself at every level of this football program. He is a guy who came in pretty humble, did not come in and try and big time anybody thinking, I'm a Power 5 quarterback and you guys are going to follow me no matter what. No, he came in and just became one of the guys. And that is that is an important thing for a quarterback to be able to do. I remember Remember the famous story, Kyle Van Noy used to join my radio show quite often, and he talked shortly after he joined the New England Patriots about Tom Brady. Of course, Tom Brady, by in most people's eyes, is the greatest of all time, the GOAT, when it comes to quarterbacking in professional football. Well, uh, as Kyle Van Noy told it, uh, he had, uh, when he showed up in New England, he was down on his luck. He had had a, had a very poor run with the Detroit Lions after being drafted by Detroit. Shows up in New England, and Tom walked up and, uh, and stuck out his hand and said, Hi, I'm Tom. I, I'm Kyle Van Noy. if it was me, I would be absolutely floored. I know who you are, Tom Brady, but I, that's kind of the the vibe I get of what uh, Keaton Slovis has meant to this football program. He's been a guy who has been a leader uh, both by word and also in action out there on the football field. The hope is that uh, having to leave uh, practice early, the scrimmage on Saturday, that'll be a short-term deal. Kalani Satake that he said he was under the weather, and the hope is he'll be back in practice. Uh, I, I, I'm assuming he's already back in practice, but, obviously uh, in no danger of losing his job. The nice part is the other players around him, Jake Retzloff, Nick Billups, Ryder Burton, Kate Fenigan, and also Cole Hagen. They've all had their moments, it feels like, for BYU. So I'm very much stock is up on BYU's quarterbacks. Alongside them in the offensive backfield are the running backs, the halfbacks, uh, depending on how you want to term it. Aiden Robbins, Deion Smith are running 1-2 for BYU in terms of the depth chart as I understand it right now. And I think both of them have done nothing uh, to really, uh, I guess, make you think that they're going to be anything other than solid contributors for the BYU football program. And I would say that right now I'm fairly neutral on the running backs, and that's not a bad thing because I kind of expected this from BYU's running back position. You bring in a guy like Aiden Robbins who ran for 1,000 yards at UNLV. I know it was a G5 in the Mountain West that he did it in, but 1,000 yards in college football is nothing to sniff at, and he is a big-bodied back who has shown time and time again in training camp he's got the ability to be an impact player. The nice part is Deion Smith has been a fantastic Compliment uh, to uh, to Aiden. And I think beyond that, the other depth pieces Hinkley Ropati, Miles Davis, uh, on down the list. Uh, M- Morgan Piper, obviously, recently stepping away from the football program, was buried on the depth chart there. Uh, LJ Martin, by the way, what a sensation the freshman has been already in training camp just three weeks in. And he's already making heads turn. So uh, I guess I- I'm kind of neutral, but I guess I'd be, if you force me to, I'd say stock up on running backs. But it's kind of what I expected from the running back position. I, fi- I feel like it's going to be very solid for BYU and should be uh, doing great things this season. Uh, similar to the running backs, the tight end position for me uh, feels a little bit neutral. Uh, I figured that Isaac Rex would have a steady performance in training camp. That's exactly what he offered. The nice part was is around him, guys like Ray Paulo, Mason Fakahua, uh, Ethan Erickson. Ma- ma- let's see, is it? Uh, Mataava Taase, the transfer from Southern Utah, uh, not Mason Coleman, Anthony Olson, all the tight ends for BYU have been solid players. So I'm fairly neutral on the tight end position because it's it's kind of delivered what I expected. Now losing Mason Wake obviously is going to d- put a dent in that. So uh, I guess if I were ever so slightly inclined to push the running backs up a touch, just because you lose a guy like a proven player of Mason Wake's caliber, I think I would push. Uh, I guess if you if I'm being forced to push it down or up in terms of stock up or stock down on tight ends. I'm ever so slightly down on them, but I think that they are going to be quite capable. Isaac Rex, in and of himself, is going to be, I think, capable of uh, being the workhorse in that position group for BYU. But the nice part is there's a lot of unproven talent around him. Will they be able to step up and answer the bell when it comes to the actual season? The wide receiver position, I'm stock is way up. Uh, I'm as high on BYU's wide receivers as almost any position group on this BYU football team. I have heard absolutely incredible things in particular particular about Darius Lassiter, as well as Keelan Marion coming into BYU and fitting right in with the culture, standing out on the football field, and just really becoming a, a part of this wide receiving core that is going to be a big part of BYU's success or failure this season. You have the three holdovers and Cody Epps, Chase Roberts, and Keanu Hill. They've all been very, very good, but the additional pieces, speaking of Darius Lassiter as well as Keelan Marion, JoJo Phillips has had his moments as a freshman for BYU. There are people that think that by the end of this season, he absolutely could be in the rotation for BYU, so keep an eye on him. And also Parker Kingston, we've talked with him on this podcast one-on-one. He's the fastest guy in pads for the BYU football program, and as Fessi Satake has noted, he is not just a straight-line guy. He's got the fluidity, fluidity to be able to go side-to-side and maintain that speed. That is an important thing, and he's entered himself into the rotation as one of the top six guys for BYU at wide receiver. I really, really am intrigued by this wide receiving core, and I think they could do some very special things for BYU this fall. Now, around out the offense is the offensive line uh, I'm fairly neutral on this I expected coming into training camp with all the additions and the proven talent BYU had on that offensive line that they would show out very well they are having to replace five different guys who left the offensive line from a year ago so obviously there's going to be some mixing and matching that's what we have seen throughout training camp but the nice part is is the the leaders of this unit I'm speaking mainly of Kingsley Sulamata Ia as well as Connor Pay. they have been absolutely everything that you would want them to be as the holdovers Along that offensive front, the transfers that have come in and Caleb Etienne, Waylon Lapuaho, Ian Fitzgerald, Simi Mawala, Paul Miley, uh, Jake Icorn, uh, on down the list. All of them have come in and made their stamp on BYU, and they've forced the competition uh, in terms of just earning playing time and running with the ones or the twos on the offensive line. It's been kind of dog-eat-dog out there, and that's not a bad thing because this is an offensive line that metrics-wise, yeah, it did grade out pretty good last year, but anybody who watched this team, speaking of BYU a year ago, would not point to that offensive line as one of the chief pillars of strength for the Cougars in 2022. I think this offensive line could be one of those pillars this year, though, if all of the talent that they've added to this unit along with the holdovers uh, gel quickly and obviously show what they're capable of on the football field. It's a unit. It's got five guys on the field. It's the biggest position group on the field. They've got to work in concert. They've obviously got to be able to dominate the opposition. And uh, I think the offensive line, I, I expected good things from them, and so far they have delivered, so I guess I'm neutral on that side of things. Let's flip over to the defense real quick. Defensive line wise I'm actually feeling quite bullish just based on more of what I hear especially in the past week or so from people inside the program. They have said that BYU's defensive line has held its own at times against an offensive line that was projected in my mind I thought was going to be far better than BYU's defensive line but that D line has made things very very interesting for the Cougars. Are they a finished product? Absolutely not. I don't think necessarily they have all the talent that they would want to be a dominant defensive Line. I still feel like they lack depth in terms of certified pass rushers, overall beef in the middle to hold up against the run, that type of stuff is what they lack right now. But I'm hearing that BYU's defensive line is kind of taking it upon themselves to go out and prove it on the football field. And that's not a bad thing uh, for if you're a Cougar fan. Is to hear that these guys have a chip on their shoulder. You want them to have that chip on their shoulder. They were walking around like as I mentioned earlier, the BMOC, like they were all hot stuff because they got a new defense installed. I'd be very, very concerned about this, because that defense was not good a year ago, and the defensive line was one of the chief weaknesses of that unit. Now, you have a bunch of bodies from that uh, unit that have been held over, but you've added additional bodies when it comes to guys like Jackson Cravens, Isaiah uh, Banyan, David Latu, etc. So the hope is that the influx of talent and obviously depth into that position group will yield better results, but I guess I'm uh, up on the BYU defensive line. The linebacking core, I'm fairly neutral on. I think A.J. Von was an absolute home run of an addition via the transfer portal. This is a guy who routinely collected 100 tackles. It felt like every time he took the field for a season for Utah State, I am fully expecting him to challenge for another 100 tackles this year for the Cougars. He has been a, a seamless transition in terms of working into the program. He gets along with the players. I've had chances to talk to him a little bit. He is a guy who's very grateful to be in Provo, working with his former position coach and Justin Enna. He's obviously going to team with guys like Ben Bywater, who has had a, a tackles tackles. tackles the last two years alone. Max Tooley, who's a human highlight, a real waiting to happen with with regards to his pick sixes, his ability to get after the quarterback in key spots, Uh, all that stuff is absolutely going to add to BYU's talent at linebacker. But then Isaiah Glasker has been an absolute revelation. He was very good in spring camp. The question was, could that translate over to moving in to training camp? And it absolutely has. He's bulked up. He looks fluid. He looks fast. He looks just absolutely gigantic on the football field. And guys like him are going to be very critical to BYU in terms of having this defense uh, be able to outperform what most people might be expecting it to do this fall. So uh, I guess the linebacking core, I'm fairly neutral on them. I just feel like right now they have delivered what we expected from them. AJ Pachon and the like, obviously, and you have the young talent behind that. The the Kafusis, both Ace and Micah Kafusi. You got Harrison Taggart, who has started to really kind of come into his own the last week or so. It feels like a training camp as he starts to understand the scheme better. So there are brighter days ahead for this BYU defense. It, it is far from a finished product. I, I still think that BYU's defense is not going to be what you want it to be in the long run. I don't think it's what Jay Hill will want it to be in the long run, nor Kalani Sitake, but I do think that there are pieces in place and there's an understanding and a learning process under uh, being undertaken by this unit, uh, speaking of the defense as a whole. I think they're going to be better just simply due to the fact that they have a belief and a cohesive identity on defense, and that should yield at least some more positive results than what we saw a year ago. Now, the position group I'm down on, and it's only because of a major injury, is BYU's defensive backs. I don't think you can absorb the loss of Michael Harper very easily. That is a kid who is one of the certified playmakers for this BYU defense. He came up in so many key spots a year ago from that safety spot, and obviously having Malik Moore will help mitigate uh, some of that uh, production, but I just don't think you have a like-for-like replacement in Micah Harper on the back end of BYU's defense. Talon Alfrey, Raider DeMooney, Crew Wakely, Preston Rex, on down the list, are all bodies that they will throw into the mix there to see who ultimately pans out as the best replacement for a guy like Micah Harper. I assume that's going to be Talon Alfrey getting the first opportunity to do that, but I just feel like losing Michael Harper puts a damper on that position group. And the other thing I should add is that the cornerbacks have been very, very good. I've got no concern about Eddie Hecker, Jacob Robinson, Maury Bamba, etc. Those three are the top three uh, cornerbacks for BYU if they go to a nickel package. Then you had Camden Garrett, another transfer from Weber State. The cornerbacks are very, very good, but I just... I. The only position group I'm I'm fairly down on right now is the fact that the defensive secondary absorbed that major hit, maybe the only, really the only major uh, hit of training camp, and that's, that's actually a positive sign if you're a Cougar fan. Only one major injury, albeit it's an injury that's going to affect this defense's performance this year because Micah Harper, I felt like was on the cusp of becoming a household name, just an absolute rock star in the defensive backfield for BYU and absolutely just gut-wrenching to have him suffer that ACL injury and be out for another season, but uh, wishing him nothing but the best as he moves forward here. Now, one other position group real quick is on the specialist side of things. Uh, I think that the stock is up because I do believe BYU is very much uh, narrowed in and found a kicker in Will Ferrin. I think he is going to be the guy for BYU when they take the field against Sam Houston State. I continue to hear that he is booming kicks longer, Farther and just with more authority than Matthias Dunn. That's not to say that Matthias Dunn has not performed, uh, he hasn't performed poorly in training camp. It's just that Will Ferren went out and kind of seized that competition by the neck and made it his own. That was the one major question mark for the specialists because I feel like other than that, BYU is very well stocked. they got a potential all-conference punter in Ryan Rico. They've got a solid, a long snapper, and I think the return game will be just fine. Under Kelly Papinga's direction. So I think the stock is up on BYU with regards to the special teams. Now, I'm going to ask you guys now that I've gone through those position groups, giving you uh, that I feel like I'm fairly neutral or up on most of those position groups outside of the defensive backs, where do you stand? Are you stock up on any single position group? Do you disagree with me on any of my takes? I'd love to have you guys' comments in the section below on YouTube or tweet at us. Locked on Cougars on Twitter. You also can send it to Instagram or Facebook under Locked on Cougars as well. Love to hear any and all feedback you guys have for us on this because uh, I may be a little pie in the skyish I I, th- I was kind of like as I was kind of getting ready for tonight's show and I'm like uh, today's show I well, I should say I recorded it at night but uh, as I was recording I'm like man I keep saying stock up stock up stock neutral uh, it's up maybe I should be a little bit more down on BYU but I feel like the 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 all, a lot of the questions that we had for BYU going into training camp have been answered over the past three weeks or so, and that's what you want out of training camp. That, that's the thing about this. It's not it's not where we went in uh, wondering what was going to happen, and we're still left wondering. I feel like a lot of the answers that were being looked for for a unit that's going, uh, speaking of a uh, unit, a position, uh, not even a position group, a program that's going into the Big 12 Conference, there's a lot of questions, obviously, and ultimately what's going to judge the success or failure of the season is the wins and losses at the end of the year but i think that BYU understands what they're up against and i think they're they're going to be better for having gone through this period of of just working together implementing a new defensive scheme uh, implementing a lot of new players on an offense that has had a lot of success over the past 3 seasons in particular so I feel like I'm fairly up on BYU right now as compared to what I was three weeks ago, and I still felt like I was pretty positive about BYU's chances uh, as at the start of training camp. But I'm I'm feeling more upbeat than I ever have before on this squad. Do I do I feel like that's going to result in? eight, nine wins? No, I don't necessarily think that. I think that the degree of difficulty with regards to the strength of schedule is going to make things very difficult for the Cougars, but at the same time, there is still a lot of hope for BYU to continue to push forward here and have success, and obviously it's going to take a lot of work along the way to go out there and do what they expect to do, and trust me, the players and coaches, they're probably thinking eight, nine, ten wins, uh, who knows, college football playoff. I don't know what their team goals are right now, but they're probably far higher than most of us have set their our, our expectations for the squad but uh, that's why you do it you shoot for the uh, shoot for the stars land on the moon is that the is that the terminology the, the, the adage that they use but nonetheless I think uh, fairly positive. I would would encourage you and obviously uh, solicit your feedback and let us know what you guys think. All right. I have absolutely blown through a lot of this podcast talking about that one single topic. We're going to get to a couple of more things here on today's show. Had a great chat uh, with Maury Bomba. I want you guys to hear. Well, you know what? I'm going to call an audible because uh, I just feel like uh, it it deserves a bigger platform. And obviously, we've uh, filled up a lot of the time on today's show. There's a bigger topic at hand, though, with regards to BYU basketball all that we need to get to as well so we'll get to all that as we continue on right here on locked on cougars now first a word on our friends over at perry homes they've us for months now and the best part about perry homes folks is they want to find the right option for you in terms of your next home whether you're looking for your first home or you're ready to upgrade to a dream home perry homes has got the house for you like i said anything in between those two they've also got options for you guys for 50 years perry homes has been utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the state many communities home designs and price points all designed to meet your needs, my friends. they got beautiful communities in Salt Lake, Davis, Tooele, and Utah counties along the Wasatch Front, or they have multiple communities in Washington County near St. George as well if you want to move down to su- southern Utah. They offer over 50 unique home designs from Ramblers to two stories of townhomes as well. They even have quick moving homes available if you're ready to move right away, and they are offering generous financing incentives through their preferred lender right now as well. So visit perryhomesutah.com to see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's perryhomesutah.com to learn more now. For 50 years, Utah's been coming home to Perry Holmes. One more note on our friends. This show is sponsored by our friends, a new friends over at BetterHelp. Of course, many of us have had uh, moments in our lives where we've struggled or had uh, questions or just simply needed some help. And that's what our friends over at BetterHelp are here for. Whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make those decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the the easier it gets, excuse me. And that's why therapy from our friends over at BetterHelp is here for you guys. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You're not having to plan your life around these visits, you actually get to uh, plan it around your life. That's the best part about it. Just fill out a quick, brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with our friends over at BetterHelp. Visit pe- BetterHelp.com slash college to get, to get $10, oh, excuse me, 10% off your first month, not $10 off. Visit BetterHelp.com slash college once again to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on college. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listener of the day. Thank you for being every day with us here on the podcast. As I mentioned, I'm calling an audible. We're actually going to hold on. I had a great tra- great chat. Wow, I can't get words out of my mouth all of a sudden. Had a great chat uh, with Maury Bombo, one of BYU's uh, new cornerbacks. Uh, came to BYU last year, but has really burst onto the scene this year for the Cougars. Uh, it's a longer conversation, and just with the time remaining on today's show, we'll get to that conversation coming up on tomorrow's podcast. So if you're looking at the rundown here on YouTube, just understand. We're going to scratch that and we're going to uh, move forward and talk a little bit about BYU basketball. Now, this is a very interesting situation that BYU finds itself in. They are overseas in Croatia and Italy playing a period, a, a series of four games. Already played one of them in Milan. They spent the day in Venice yesterday. Uh, having a great time by all accounts. But... Uh, Quez Glover recently left the BYU football program. We learned that he landed at Kansas State. And Jerome Tang, the head coach of Kansas State, uh, spoke to the media yesterday. They were actually coming back off of their European tour. I don't remember exactly where they were at. They might have been in Greece, if I recall correctly. uh, But don't quote me on that. But he was talking about uh, his program, and the question was asked about adding Quez Glover to the Kansas State roster. And let's just put it this way: Coach Tang had some very pointed comments about what uh, caused Quez Glover, from his perspective, to leave BYU.
1: First of all, Quez Glover is a terrific basketball player. Played in Florida for two years at Sanford. Uh, most of the coaches in that league thought he was right there for player of the year. His senior year, he played hurt early, and then. When he came back at the end, averaged almost 20 the last 10 games of the season. He's he's a competitor. Uh, He can get downhill, he can get by, he can make tough shots. Uh, He's a two to one assist to turnover guy. And and so we're excited for his leadership and his ability on the floor. Off the court, he's a terrific human being. I mean, y'all are gonna love him. A great smile, very engaging, great eye contact. Uh, I mean, I'm excited. Both him and T.P. are gonna be terrific. I, I believe Coach Pope was sending more of a message to his alumni about the the Nil thing than he was speaking on behalf of who Quez Glover is. but to correct this thing, it's his his family and him decided to leave because of a lack of trust not not a lack of nil right these guys um, these young men are promised things going in and when they get there when it's not delivered or they don't see the ability if it's if there's a there's a lack of trust in one area, it spreads to all areas, okay? And so it it wasn't an NIL movement, it was a trust movement, and uh, he just didn't feel like they could do what they said they were gonna do, and uh, I think Coach Pope uh, would be willing to agree to that also.
0: There you go. Jerome Tang. That's courtesy of Derek Young from on three sports covering Kansas state out there in Manhattan. And wow, oof, what a quote. Uh, he's saying that to correct this thing, his family, speaking of Glover and him decided to leave because of a lack of trust, not a lack of NIL. Now I am still trying to glean some more information to kind of understand what the situation is. Cause Mark Pope uh, went on the record last week and said that he left. It was all because of NIL. Now, Is the trust factor and NIL uh, kind of married at the hip? Yeah, I do think so. I I do think that Mark Pope uh, understands that he has to be better in terms of facilitating NIL opportunities. For his athletes, his players in his program, but the other thing is that he was he was there something promised? Was there something uh, put into verbal or a written agreement that didn't pan out that caused Quez Glover to question why he was a BYU and ultimately make the jump to Kansas State? There have been reports out there that Quez Glover is receiving north of two hundred thousand dollars to play for Kansas State, where uh, it figures he's probably going to play a bench role for for the Kansas State Wildcats versus potentially starting for the BYU basketball program but very interesting comments from Coach Tang do I think that he was uh, up in the night and saying them no I don't think he was and I actually appreciate his candor and his uh, uh, just his speaking his mind on the situation he says it wasn't an NIL movement but it was a trust movement and he just didn't feel like they could do what they said they were going to do and I think Coach Pope will be willing to say that also well, I think our Pope might have uh, might have uh, some thoughts on that. And our good friend Jimmy actually reached out and actually pointed me in the direction of this quote and asked the question I remember mean, the question of the day on today's show said this uh, uh, question of the day anything Pope can do slash is doing by the two vacant scholarships and how do they repair the lack of trust comment that came out about Glover via the Kansas State coach today? It's a great question, Jimmy, because the situation is, I don't see, in my mind, and I'm going to have to ask people who know far more about this than I do, and I'll see what I can glean and maybe pass it along to you guys on tomorrow's show. I just don't see really any true path forward for BYU to fill those two scholarship slots before school begins. Uh, could I be wrong about that? Sure. Maybe they have somebody they're going to visit over on that European tour who's going to be like, hey, I want to play for BYU. Or maybe they're going to fill it uh, by rewarding uh, walk-ons in the basketball program for, I just don't know how they're going to fill it. Because it just doesn't feel like the time frame is conducive to this. Because as I mentioned, they're in Italy and Croatia this week. It's just—it's a really, really inopportune time to obviously have had this plan for years. Literally, these European tours usually set them up years in advance to go overseas and play these games. And to have two open scholarships, you may very well—if you're Mark Pope—have to just bite the bullet and carry forward this season with those two open scholarships. Do you find somebody that maybe wants to transfer mid-season? You get them in on a scholarship where they can't play per se this season, but you get them in on scholarship—that is a possibility. But I just. To answer your question, Jimmy, I just don't right now, from my perspective, see a way that BYU can go out and fill those scholarship slots. If they find a way to do it, great. Maybe even fill one, honestly. If you fill one of the scholarship slots, I would consider it to be a success. But the the situation is, to also to your point, how do you go about fixing that perception that uh, Coach Tang and Quez Glover have put out there about BYU basketball? I don't know. Because it's... Perception is reality out there. I talk about this often on this podcast, is that no matter if it's right, wrong, or indifferent, perception is considered to be reality in most people's eyes. And the situation that Mark Pope is going to find himself in with these comments, and also Quez Glover supposedly leaving BYU due to NIL and then signing a big money deal, I know signing a big money deal isn't permissible under NCAA rules, but Let's be honest. That's kind of what NIL has become. It's been pay for play, but nonetheless, I digress. The situation is is that Mark Pope is going to have some answering to do when he goes out on the recruiting trail now. And people say, "Well, you had this guy leave your program. What do you have to say about that?" And he's going to have to uh, answer pretty truthfully and say, "Okay, here's the situation at hand, and lay it out there. Will it uh, subside the fears that other people will have about joining the BYU football? or not BYU, football. BYU basketball program." I've got my doubts because that's just, it's a very tough thing to overcome, but it, it the situation that, he, uh, that Mark Pope finds himself in right now. I, I don't envy that position because it's almost indefensible in many ways to go out there and try and sell BYU with that hanging over your head. But uh, like I said, I'm going to ask around, see what I can find out, and see if I can just kind of get a better understanding of the situation at hand. A, can BYU fill those scholarships? B, how much of a of an anchor around the neck of the BYU basketball program in the recruiting sense are these comments and the situation at hand? And uh, just see how much... NIL versus non-NIL, how much is that affecting BYU? There's a lot of questions that remain unanswered, but just on its head, it does not look very positive or rosy for the BYU basketball program. And it's sad, but it's just kind of the situation that the, the program finds itself in. Right now. All right. Uh, We will round out today's show next with a look back at another game in BYU football history. Tough game. BYU making a long trip to Lynchburg, Virginia. The first time BYU has played and probably will ever play against the Liberty Flames in the Liberty Flames home field. We'll talk about how that game developed and also talk about we found out the TV crew for BYU season opener against Sam Houston State. We'll get to all that next, right here on Locked On Cougars. Now, a quick word on our friends over at FanDuel. They've been working on this for quite a while. They are our officials. uh, They're a big sponsor of the station. Not the station. Man, I'm all over the place today. Podcast Network, the Locked On Podcast Network. And, of course, football season is nearly here. It's about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you a great chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get a bonus bet every time they win in the regular season. If you're a Chiefs fan, you got 17 games, and they're going to repeat as uh, Super Bowl champions. You get a bonus bet every time they win in the regular season. And in most teams, when they win the Super Bowl, they win quite a bit in the regular season. So take advantage of this right now. Just pick any team to win on the Super Bowl and you'll get those bonus bets for every victory during the regular season. Use use those bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and many, many more options all available now from our friends over at FanDuel. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today and start earning those bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's fanduel.com slash locked on.
1: The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a part of your routine, everybody. Uh, a little bit longer of a show, but it's kind of the, tis the season. Uh, It feels like I barely get everything I want. and Trust me, we already nixed one uh, interview on today's show just uh, simply due to going over time constraints as we try and keep these podcasts around 30 minutes. But a couple of quick notes before we go on today's show is that uh, if you're watching BYU season opener against Sam Houston State uh, a week from Saturday night, you'll be watching it on FS1. I believe it's one of the first, if not the first, Fox Sports home game for BYU in their history. And you'll have Alex Faust as well as the man himself, Petros Papadakis. Call on the game uh, for BYU as they take on Sam Houston State. Now, your opinion on Petros may vary, but uh, he will be on the call all the same. And BYU will obviously be looking forward to opening their season. Uh, 1-0 with a victory over Sam Houston State and I cannot wait to be out there along with 63,000 of you, my closest friends as I call you, out there at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. But once again, the thousands of you who may be watching from home around the country, that is who's going to be calling the game for you. So uh, bear with Petros, but Alex Faust I think does a really, really good job as well. Alright, final note before we go on today's show. As we talked yesterday about BYU essentially hitting rock bottom when it came to that loss against Arkansas. Well, the following week, BYU had a trip out to Liberty. Now the Flames were uh, 6-1 at this point, uh, rocking and rolling, Hugh Freeze as their head coach, they were feeling really good about themselves, and Hugh Freeze set the tenor for this game early in the week saying it was the biggest game in uh, Liberty's football history, having a program of the caliber of BYU coming to Lynchburg, Virginia to play Liberty in their home stadium, uh, and I, when I heard those comments, when he was that upfront about this, I said essentially he threw the glove on the ground. He threw the gauntlet on the ground and said, that's the standard you're going to have to meet if you're playing us, BYU. And that's not an easy standard to meet because BYU is feeling pretty down about themselves after that loss against Arkansas. Making the cross-country trip, it's not necessarily an easy thing to do. And BYU's play in this game really ref- reflected that. They just did not really respond well. Jaron Hall had one of his more mediocre outputs of the season, 16 of 34, uh, passing 187 yards. He'd have two touchdowns and avoided interceptions. But BYU a team ran just 16- times for 71 yards. Meanwhile the defense for BYU gave up 300 yards rushing. Day Day Hunter ran for 213 yards of his own and a touchdown. An 80 yard touchdown run as many of you might recall in this. Jonathan Bennett passed for 247 yards. So a week after giving up north of 600 yards, BYU's yardage on defense was marginally better giving up just 547 total yards but they were just on the wrong side of another route. 41-14 to and BYU dropped to 4-4 and on the season and I, I convinced Remember doing post game for the KSL Sports Zone after this game, and the comments, the calls that we were getting after this game, whoo, people were not happy. And I, I understand why the frustration was there. The hope was that BYU would turn it around at some point, point. and the following week, BYU would have an opportunity to do that at home when they took on Eastern Carolina in Provo. But BYU, for whatever reason, uh, found a way to both win and and lose the game and ultimately did lose that game against Eastern Carolina. And we'll try and make sense of that on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. So there you go. That is it. That's it for a Tuesday. Once again, on tomorrow's show, uh, we're going to get to that uh, interview with Maury Bomba. Stay tuned later in the week as well. We've got an uh, interview with Max Tooley as well. Anything that comes out from BYU's final media availability today as well, uh, as they wrap up training camp, we'll be sure to hit on that. And anything we hear from our practice insiders, we'll be sure to pass along to you guys as well. So plenty to come all week long. Stay with. Us, uh, be with us every single day. Thank you for making it your first listen, and once again, I encourage you guys every single day, be an everydayer with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and until tomorrow, this has been the Locked On Cougars Podcast. See ya.
1: The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait.